All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to episode number 12 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. It was uh, a long layover there from the holidays, but we're back, ready to talk fancy hockey. With me, as always, are my two co-hosts, Michael Biebs Bondi. Hey, it's uh, it's been a long break, but uh, definitely definitely good to be back for sure. And Dylan D. Berthium. What's happening, Brock? Good to be here. Not much. Uh, Biebs, it's been a little bit longer for you than it yeah, has I'm, been for me and D. You weren't I able to make missed it. one. Yep. That's all right, School though. got the best of me. <laughs> We're back in business now, but uh, Biebs, we'll start with you. How was your holiday break? Uh, it was pretty good. I mean, uh, I, I have family all over the country. Yeah, right. Country, I mean province. So uh, <laughs> we just kind of like, I was, I was just driving a lot of towns. So uh, I actually crushed a whole bunch of different podcasts, um, all about other hockey ones, and uh, found some pretty cool ones. The so, kid is um, learned. While I was driving so around, I definitely uh, realized that podcasts are like the sweetest thing ever. So um, yeah. That's 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 what I learned, and no, good holidays though for sure. <laughs> Found a new appreciation for our craft, I guess. Yeah, eh? for what we do, yeah, for sure. How about you, Dylan? Good uh, good holiday. Yeah, I uh, saw a lot of family, saw a lot of friends, also saw Brock. Hey, so. <laughs> first nice. time in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Uh, no, a lot of you know, beverages were consumed, good times were had by all. Gravy was drank. I think. Gravy was drank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was good though always good to see the family but uh back at it back underway at school here and uh ready for the next potter that's for true yeah it was uh definitely busy for for everybody i know for me personally i had like six or seven christmas parties it was simply outrageous and then once christmas and everything was over i literally just 
was a savage when it came to watching Making a Murderer. I just could not stop watching that show. It's a weird word to yeah. describe yourself watching that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe wa- yeah. I just binge watched it. Like, I could not stop. It was just... <laughs> It was just too good, but I just can't do that with Netflix shows. Like I've never been able to. I get into one and like, okay, I could do one here and there, but we go more than one. It's not. Yeah, we should not uh, we should make it clear Netflix is not sponsoring us, although they can if they want. <laughs> we wouldn't. This is, just a, this is a spontaneous plug. Yeah. yeah, dude, that you guys have to watch. I'm making a murder show if you haven't already. It's too good. It's only ten episodes. You'll be done in like a week if you uh, binge watch it like I did. All right, Brock might be getting some kickback from Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Something he's not telling us, but yeah, we'll figure it out after. Sorry, boys. I'll, I'll let skis back. <laughs> but anyways, anyways, let's get uh, back into fantasy hockey, get back in the swing of things. Um, I mean, it's been going on. They d- didn't give us much of a break, really, in terms of hockey. I think there was only three days off, but it's been a long time since we talked about it. And since we're basically at the midway point of the uh, of the year, and yep, the dog days yeah the midway point and the and the um all-star teams were announced today so kind of because of those two things we decided to go back take a look at our drafts at the start of the year and you know our rankings and we decided that we would go ahead and do just a three-team mock draft but it's not i guess i shouldn't say mock draft because we've decided to put a wager down and we've each drafted a 12 player team and they're going to go head to head for the rest of the season so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through our uh our our three teams and kind of just tell you guys why we picked this player here versus where we may have picked them at the start of the season um and how did we determine our uh our draft order brock uh beebs came up with the (laughs) clever idea to guess at the newest all-star captain john scott's weight listed price is right style yeah price is right so you couldn't go over his weight uh, whoever was the closest without going over got the first overall pick, and then whoever was second closest, second, and whoever was third was third. So, uh, because uh, no, work. pure luck, I guessed the closest. Actually, I was just the only one that didn't go over. Yeah, you were the only one under. <laughs> you guys, yeah, you gave him way too much credit. You guys thought he was like a sumo wrestler or something. I was shit. five well, pounds over his actual weight. <laughs> I like, forgot. That's pretty that good. That's the... pretty good. Rule of thumb is to dock 20 pounds when you list your actual weight. Yeah. Because he, there's no He's way. for sure pushing 300. Dude, what did it say he was? Like 260. 260. There's no way. And I had the no 265 way. guess, so. No. Right there. No. Got, there's no No way. going over. But anyways, without further ado, let's get to <laughs> I the... I didn't f- want to say what I guessed. Yeah. Sorry, don't, Johnny. Don't... <laughs> he might come hunt you down. <laughs> but uh, with the first overall selection, Brock Segan was on the clock, and clearly... Because of the the last name, Tyler Segan was my first overall selection, purely because of how awesome his last Tyler name is. Tyler Segan, eh? Yeah. That's how it's pronounced? It is. It's Segan. He's third in the NHL in scoring. Um, you know, Dallas is the highest scoring team in the league. I thought it was a no-brainer. I mean, Jamie Benn, he's right up there with him. Patrick Kane, right there. But Segan, he had, you know, the last name eventually just, I had to do it. But, yep. Biebs, you were on the clock second. Who'd you go with? Um, the person you just dropped right after, uh, right, right after there, Jamie Ben. Um, if you're taking Segan, I'm taking Ben. He's got 52 points this year, plus 18. He's an absolute stud, and he's gonna continue to crush it. D, who'd you take with that huge third and fourth pick? Well, to my surprise, Patrick Kane was still on the board through overall, <laughs> so I hopped all over that. Hell yeah. Um, it was just like the start of the year. He had to drop a little bit. We couldn't take. Well, yeah. So <laughs> I, I said I got him in. Two, two of my three leagues, I picked him up in the second round uh, this season because obviously there's a lot of uncertainty with this whole situation <laughs> happening off the ice. Yeah. But, you know, you play good hockey, everyone forgets about <laughs> serious things like that. <laughs> so I took Kane, and then on the swing I took Ovechkin too just because I felt those were definitely, those guys have been sol- solidly the top four so far this season, and 
obviously both really safe picks to keep it up in the second half. Yeah, really in a three-team league, you can't go wrong <laughs> the first three picks. But those, yeah, I think pretty much consensus, those would have uh, been the top four for all three of us. But Biebs, back to you. Yeah, and here's where I made a I made a pretty big mistake, and it's because in leagues that I have been losing, it's just been straight because of goaltending. So, uh, so I went with Braden Holtby, reach with the uh, with the reach. fifth pick, it's an extreme reach. Um, in his last twenty, his numbers are absolutely disgusting. He's seventeen zero and two in his last twenty starts, and I mean, anyone with a with fantasy stats like that's going to win you the at least the win and probably uh, the goals against uh, category pretty much on their own. So, I just I hate losing because of goalies and i'm not gonna do it in this league yeah we'll see (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh i was lucky enough to get holpy in two of my three leagues this year and he's just been absolutely ridiculous i love the guy he's great but uh not have him so with my second round and third round picks i went with a couple of guys who were easily top four picks at the start of the year steven stamkos was my first pick the lightning offense has kind of been so so to start the uh, through the first half of the year i guess and uh but they're gonna pick it up now that they're healthy Stamkos has got six goals in his last eight games, and the main reason I picked him is he's got a ton to play for. I mean, this there's so much money, 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 money that's going to be thrown Still at him. Wants I guess. Money. <laughs> so I think that Stamkos is could have a good chance of leading the league in goals from this point forward. Uh, bet one of the best goal scorers in the league. So I took Stamkos in the second round, and then third round I took Crosby, uh, strictly because I like Crosby better than Ovechkin. Uh, he's the, but why Crosby over Malkin? That's I mean, my, sorry, not Malkin. I meant, I meant, question. I meant, uh, I meant Malkin, not Ovechkin. Okay. But I think, yeah, that uh, makes more sense. he's got nine points in his last six games. He's starting to figure it out. He's got Perron and Kunitz on his wings, a little more normal for him. Kessel's down there with, with, uh, Malkin now. I just think that this Pittsburgh team is like, I believe in Pittsburgh figuring it out more than I believe in Anaheim figuring it out. And Crosby, I mean, in the third round, got to take him. So I went Crosby. Beebs. Yep. Um, I uh I continue to even out my lineup, and I uh I got um the beautiful Eric Carlson. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, this one pretty much speaks for itself. Forty-two points in forty games as a defenseman. He's um he's gonna he's gonna be win the best defenseman award. Like I can't even think of the the Hart Trophy. <laughs> not the Hart. Well, actually, sorry, not the Hart. <laughs> the he's Norris. gonna take the Hart potentially as well too. Yeah, he's gonna take the Norris, and I mean, he could easily take the Hart. Uh, he's a beast, um, and I don't see him slowing down. He just he mans everything out in Ottawa, and, and everything runs through him. And uh, unless he gets stepped on, I don't see him getting injured anytime soon. So. <laughs> two D Matt Cook away. Yeah, two to you, D. Uh, again, these were two really easy picks for me at this point. I took Malkin and Taylor Hall, who I believe I had ranked five and six on my little pre-draft thing going in. Uh, Malkin straight up because he's Malkin and his production hasn't really been hurt all that much from what we've seen out of Pittsburgh this year. And obviously Crosby getting going can only help that. And maybe he plays with Kessel a little more. He's definitely been known to have an easier time playing with top tier talent in Pittsburgh over the years uh, than Crosby per se. Uh, Thinking more of the lines of James Neal and things like that. And then Hall just been a lot more consistent than people realize over the last few years. And then obviously what he's doing this year speaks for itself. Yeah, he's been great. Absolutely phenomenal. I, I think I don't know how many times we talked about him on this show, just about how good he actually is as long as he can stay healthy. And he's had nothing, no problems in that department this year. And it's, you know, really paying dividends for the Oilers. But Beebs, back to you. Uh, I went with uh, my boy Vladimir Tarasenko out in St. Louis. Uh, that one hurt. That one hurt. What? That, that take? Yeah, I wanted it. I, I, I wanted felt him. totally good when I slipped him into my mitts. <laughs> um, I got him because he's an absolute geno machine. 23 goals so far this year, 8 of them on the power play. 
Um, he's not going to stop, and he is going to lead my team to victory in this. Brock, who'd you take with your next two? Uh, the first one I went with, Joe Pavelski. Uh, speaking of Geno Machines, that's exactly what Joe Pavelski <laughs> is. 41 really goals is. two years ago, 37 last year. He's on pace for 44 this year. I mean, all he does is score. Even if San Jose doesn't win, he still scores. He's amazing. P.K. Subban was my next pick. Guy's got 109 shots on goal this year. One goal. I can't even explain that. He doesn't. His career shooting percentage is 5.7. So let's say we give him six goals right now instead of that one. Um, he's up there in, in, in defensive scoring. He's obviously one of the premier uh, blue line talents in the league. And he's on pace for a career-high 52 assists. Um, he's no Eric Carlson, but P.K. Subban's my number two. Yep. Um, it came back at me, and uh, I took someone who's kind of been underperforming, and I'll talk about him a bit more a little bit later in the show. But I took uh, Claude Giroux. Um, going in, going into the year, this guy was on the right up there with uh, some of the elite offensive talents. He's kind of been struggling so far this year. Only has 29 points, but um, he's going to turn it around. He's a huge second half player. Like I said, we're going to address that later, though. So um, on to UD. Uh, for me, having taken four four forwards with my first four picks i started looking elsewhere uh and with the goaltenders i really didn't feel anyone really warranted being picked above the rest at this point i think there's kind of like a a mess of top tier goalies in the nhl fantasy speaking uh so i went with brent burns and johnny klimberg both uh pretty for obvious reasons i mean we've talked about burns's ridiculous shot production he's actually on pace for 35 goals this year which is insane and no secret what Klingberg, Klingberg sorry, has been doing in Dallas this season. Pretty big crime. He got left off the All-Star team, but it's a farce, so what are you, not that surprised. <laughs> oh, man, I couldn't uh, believe yeah. how much was going on about Twitter today. It's all like, oh, yeah, like I hate the All-Star game, I hate the All-Star game, and then all of a sudden they announce the rosters and everybody freaks out. It's like, okay, do you hate it or do you like it? Yeah, like, how much do you really care? Or as much as, as, much as you want to say people don't care about it, it's, it, I mean, it's came out today that really people do i mean yeah people were apparently. losing it, myself included that john scott was an all-star and Sidney crosby wasn't but whatever back to you beebs um i went with another struggling player since that's just <laughs> the theme of my team here uh, but i i put uh big boy cory perry in the into my lineup someone's got to lead anaheim and they are on a roll right now and cory perry's uh he's, he's looking like he's turned turned over a new leaf so i got um i got cory perry stepping into my sixth pick you must have been looking at the uh, preseason rankings instead of like the league leaders. Page I was, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was, and it was like, you know what? At some point, these guys are way too good to not turn it around, and maybe I'm just completely, completely like the man who wants way too much. But <laughs> speaking of reach, maybe and uh, preseason rankings, with my sixth pick, I took my boy Connor McDavid. He's going to be a point. <laughs> he's going to be a point per game player in the second half. I can't see that about the players that I saw below him, uh, Connor McDavid. Premier talent in this in this league already. Point per game player in the second half. He's gonna. Uh, he's probably gonna get more points than Taylor Hall out there in your uh, fourth overall pick. D. We'll see about that. You also <laughs> said that at the we'll start see. of the season. We had the same argument. I remember. Yeah. Well, hey, he he, he broke his collarbone. What, what am I supposed to do? But uh, then my next pick was Kevin Shattenkirk. He had a great year last year. Missed some time this year with injuries. I think he missed about ten games. Uh, but he's still on pace for a career year. Uh, shooting percentage is a little high, so I expect the goals to maybe decrease a little bit. But San Jose, or sorry, St. Louis has got to—they're uh, kind of in a little bit of a lull right now. They're not—they got to get back to full health. They'll figure it out. And uh, Shattenkirk again, premier option on the blue line. Yep, he's gross. He is good. Um, I like that guy. 
came back. I, I I used to a lot more when he was on Colorado, but then we we made a trade and, and <laughs> stuff stuff happened, and I didn't like it. Um, I went I went and basically um, just stacked my goaltending to make them amazing on my next pick and uh, got the uh, most attractive man in the NHL, which I was reminded when I googled his name, Henrik Lundqvist, to go into my net. Um, so uh, he was my seventh pick. So now I have my Holtby Lundqvist combo. And uh, look out in the goaltending category. I'm not going to lose that. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, on to, uh, on to UD. Um, it was at this point I started questioning the aptitude of my co-hosts uh, with Perry and McDavid both going before John Tavares and Jonathan Taves. Who missed, were them. missed them. Missed <laughs> them. Not going to lie. I uh, totally missed on Tavares. Yeah. Taves, like, <laughs> Taves, whatever. He's, he's a better real hawk player than he is fantasy player, although he is having sure, a good year. Sure, but he's still a stud. Yo, absolutely. But, yeah, At totally. But totally. Anyway, like, we're talking, what, 22nd overall pick, if I'm not mistaken? Okay, Tavares was um, a miss, Obviously, sure. he pairs nice with Kane, Tavares, who I already I have. Tavares, I just missed him completely. And Tavares, you guys were sleeping. Yeah. 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 What, I didn't <laughs> so have a list. We don't have an active draft, draft board yeah. going. <laughs> good picks, though, D. You gotta, Thanks, man. Gotta love them. Definitely, when you when you said Tavares, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Probably <laughs> would have taken him over McDavid at any point of this draft, but seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I couldn't believe when you said McDavid, actually, because I was like legitimately looking at those two guys. Uh, that's hilarious. But, uh, Beebs, back to you. Yeah, I was absolutely snoozing on those, but um, I, com- I kept adding to my awesome D and put in Roman Yossi with my next pick. He's great. Um, I was actually pretty excited when, when, uh, Biebs took Lundquist and I decided, you know, it's probably about time to address my need and goal here. Uh, so I went with Jonathan Quick, who's been, I tweeted about the other day. If it weren't for Holpe, this guy would be all anybody's talking about. He's been unbelievable lately. And if, again, if it wasn't for Holpe, he'd probably be the favorite for the Vesna right now. So I went quick and net, and then we'll just kind of rattle off our last four picks just to speed things up here. And then I went with Johnny Gaudreau, uh, you know, dirty hands. He's a point per game player right now, so. He's gross. Yeah, um, I um, I stepped in, went with Ryan Getzlaff to complete my getzlaff Perry combo. It's going to be disgusting in the second half. That would have been uh, good, like, for every year for the last seven years except for this yeah, year. So, <laughs> yeah, if it changes, then my team, yeah, exactly, wishful thinking again. That's just my team name is now wishful thinking. There you go. D, double up. Uh, so I went with Logan Couture recently just came back from injury. Obviously a little undervalued right now. He's filling up my utility spot. And to finish up my defense, I went with Dustin Bufflin, who to me has been the fourth best defenseman so far. So I was pretty pumped to get him in the 10th round. Zach Parise for this guy. Um, scores goals. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, it was a toss-up between Goudreau and uh, Parise for me. I ultimately went with Goudreau. Um, so Parise just fell in your lap there. But then I went with uh, Blake Wheeler, Who's been, you know, again, we're speaking of all-star snubs. He was definitely one of them. Uh, 40 points this year. He's been great. Yeah. Uh, and then in goal, I rounded up my goal with the injured, currently injured, Carey Price. Hopefully he doesn't miss too much time or I'm going to be really short-handed in net. But, yeah. I mean, you can't argue with how good Carey Price is. Clearly the best goalie in the NHL. Uh, so if he comes back next week or in two weeks, doesn't matter. I'm going to be running. Two weeks might matter. <laughs> I, I might be running. Yeah, in this league. We're talking half a season and straight roto, so you're like missing half your goalie output right now. Okay, but I couldn't. I, I couldn't just like say, you know what, we can't draft Gary Price. So I was I was more than I was down. Thinking, to, I was more I, than down. I didn't to want to draft him. any injured players. Even Couture kind of worried me because he's been so injury prone this season. Because like any injuries could screw us. Because obviously we're not allowed to go in and make some ads or whatever. This is a locked squad. So McDavid. Could be an issue. Right? Brock's looking questionable, right? That's now. what I'm saying. Kid's just hoping for a late season push. Hey, 
Those are going to be the two hottest players down the stretch, so look out. <laughs> Who'd you have to finish it, Beeps? Um, no, I still had two picks. Or was, yeah. yeah, sorry, but I had uh, Justin Falk. Um, didn't talk about him again later in the show, but for all the wrong reasons. So <laughs> Justin Falk is my third D. Yeah, I still are think pretty he's... not lying. He has 14 goals, 16 assists. He's a stud right now, so I could. I still think he's fine there. Sorry, I was just trying to go over my notes. Look at look at who else I had ranked high as D man that maybe we left off. John Carlson, Drew Doughty, Ekman Larson. Um, all probably could have went in this draft, but when you're talking nine defensemen, obviously it's gonna be pretty pretty tight. Uh, for me, I like I said, didn't really see any goalies that warranted being picked uh, that early ahead of the rest, so I saved my two goalie picks. Cleaned it up with the Corys, Crawford and Schneider. Crawford, one of the more consistent goalies in the show the last few years, on a very good possession team and team in general in the Blackhawks. And Corey Schneider, to me, has been one of the most consistent goalies since he's been in New Jersey. And he's had one of the best seasons to date, I think. Definitely a Vesna candidate yeah. at this point. And he always plays. If they make the playoffs, like, it's all because of that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. obviously, it's really, like, reminiscent of when they had Brodeur there and their whole setup is just around the fact that they have an unbelievable goaltender. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, but they're obviously missing the talent they had in, like, the likes of Niedermeyer, Eliash, you know, those guys. Eliash, when he wasn't, like, just on IR every seven minutes. Well, yeah, in his prime. He <laughs> yeah, was he was amazing. great. He, he was, was like phenomenal. Even, like, two years ago, he was great. Mm-hmm. But then this year, ugh. But anyways, finish it up, Biebs. Okay, I've been waiting for this one the whole time. And uh, in the theme of childhood shows, Phil, Phil, Phil. <laughs> um, that's my Bill, now the science guy um, impression. But uh, I picked Phil Kessel. Because we all had this guy as an absolute stud at the beginning of the year, and he has been exact opposite of that. Uh, Ten goals, twelve assists, I believe, is his numbers right now. Yuck. I mean, that's that's not even enough to warrant um, being on most squads in a twelve-team league. Leo's got moment. more. Just saying. Yeah, Leo really does. So uh, Phil, Phil's gonna turn it around, and uh, with my whole team, um, he's gonna ride the Sid wagon, and uh, he's gonna pick it up as well as probably um, the Gino wagon. But yeah, yeah. Well, with health, help from Sid. And um, I think uh, the power play is going to start going, and he's going to be a, a huge piece of it still. So, uh, or hopefully, I mean, yeah. Seriously. I don't know. It's just he's such a nice name not to not to grab with that last. Just speaking pick. to that power play alone, like there's too much talent for them not to figure it out to some degree. I just think right, like what their problem has really been is just too many guys that are used to owning the puck and not playing off of it as much. I think we've mentioned that before. Yeah. But I think so. I think Kessel getting away from Crosby can actually be a good thing. Yes, exactly. That. And uh, but now like, no one can ever complain about Crosby not having top tier talent. No, <laughs> he just he just, just no, he can't play. He anybody. just wants his Kunitz and Dupuy back. Yes. Or, no, but that's fine. Like I remember. Uh, sorry, I'm like totally speaking off the top of my head right now. But I remember Bob McKenzie. Uh, I believe it was in the Olympics. Like they were talking about why bring Kunitz, why bring Kunitz, uh, and who? Uh, I think it was a Ginla who he was talking about was saying took a very specific type of player to to be able to play with Sid because you had to be able to let him do the majority of the work and at the same time be on the same page as him uh, intellectually, I guess, in this sense of hockey sense. Uh, so obviously... Phil's yeah, not there. I guess. But no, it's just I don't think no, they're I, the best match. Like, no, I agree. It it's was, funny, um, though, because the start of the year, like it was a match they didn't have yeah. Him, but, yeah. yeah. Well, it was more... Definitely. Like, I definitely thought Castle. I think I had him towards the end of the first round in yeah, most drafts. Sure. But I, yeah, like, you would just expect two talents like that to mesh, but it's not always the way it goes, I guess. Uh, it's the way she goes. And who knows? I mean, a month down the line, that team could just completely turn around and be tearing up the league and mm-hmm. we could be like, grab yes. everything, Pittsburgh. Yep. Yes. So, but yeah. I, I think at this point, it's more likely to be like a Malkin Kessel thing, at least at even strength. Yeah. yeah well, which spe- I don't mind either. That's 
that's a that's a nice combo. Speaking of that team, I rounded out the draft, and this was so questionable by me, like hundred percent questionable. Instead of taking yeah, a guy, Hawks team of injury all stars. Yeah, instead of taking a guy like John Carlson, who's played one, two, three, four, five straight years without injury until like last week, I <laughs> went with a guy who literally couldn't stay healthy if you paid him. Uh, Chris Letang or can't stay. On him. Yeah, couldn't stay in the lineup. <laughs> I took him at the start of the year. Uh, as my dark horse to stay healthy for the whole year. That didn't pan out. But since he's returned, he's been crazy. I mean, three goals and, what is it, seven assists in, like, five games. Obviously, he's a premier talent. So, if somehow, I mean, again, if he can somehow stay healthy, he's going to be gross. So, I took a tang over Carlson just because he is a better offensive talent. But, ultimately, I don't even know why I did it because Carlson will probably just play more games and have more points. So, that does it for our... Uh, redraft league there but uh we'll post all of our squads on a twitter and as well we'll maybe keep you guys updated with uh you know bi-weekly standing updates to see how everybody's doing but uh before we go to the break boys why don't we it's been a while since we did some waiver wire pickups there's been some serious injuries and stuff across the nhl so uh d we'll start with you give me uh your current hot waiver wire pickup uh for me i believe this is the guy we've already talked about this year at least to some degree it's anders lee um, finally back on that top unit playing with Taveras again, which is where he was for the majority of last year when he popped, uh, what was it? 20 something Genos? 25. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Thanks for that. Um, so I wanted to look at kind of his underlying numbers a little bit and see maybe what the reason is for his dip in his production. Uh, so the one thing I wanted to look at, he's been very good at producing shots. He had like 198 last year. He's missed some games this year, so right now he's got 98 shots in 40 games, but if you work it out, that's for 2.45 shots a game. Last year he was at 2.43, so right on cue with where he was. Uh, his shooting percentage is down, and that's obviously a lot, which is which has had to play with the, the fact he's only got, I don't know, three or something goals. Uh, it was three at even strength. I missed what it was uh, total. But... Um, so I think the fact just playing with Tavares could definitely help that shooting uh, percentage go up a little bit uh when you're playing with someone of that caliber you tend to get into the more high scoring chances and i could definitely see his production lining up with what we saw at uh last season so right now he's sitting at 27 percent. i would go and get him if i were you especially if you have somebody like Tavares already on your team uh yeah, he, had exactly. a, he had a nice night the other night you as soon as he started playing with Tavares like a couple weeks ago there uh his, his you know minutes played has jumped up like crazy the other night he had a goal and assist and nine shots on goal played over 20 minutes against dallas so Lee, like mm-hmm. we, he was like one of the hottest ads last year because of this whole Tavares thing, and I think that like the Islanders are dying for him to start doing, you know, doing what he did last year with Tavares. So I mean, there's no, is it? It's a great shot in the dark pickup for sure. Yeah, he's like uh, he's Crosby's Kunitz. Yeah, <laughs> to uh, to uh, Tavares out there could be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the way it's looking, but uh, he's definitely a great pickup now. He's also dual ed- eligible too at uh, center and left wing, so he's kind of nice there. But um, for my waiver wire pickup, um, this guy is going to get a lot of time strictly because of injuries, I believe. And uh, it's Mikhail Granlund out in Minnesota. He's playing currently listed on the second line, but that was before Miku Koivu went down um, last night or the night before. And they're uh, they're kind of worried that it could be long term. They're hoping it's not for uh, Miku Koivu. But if it is, uh, then Granlund's going to be Zach Prize's new best friend. And um, I think he's <laughs> definitely worth a grab. He's only 15% owned in all Yahoo leagues as of right now. So keep your eye on him. He's uh he's only 23, so he's he's kind of a stud waiting to break out, and this could be his chance. He's always had big hype behind him, ninth overall pick back in uh, 2010. So keep an eye on him. He already has 20 assists this year, only four goals. So that's what's kind of keeping him off the uh the, up there in the points. But uh, 
Mikel Granlin is my waiver wire pickup. Yeah, Granlin's one of those guys that I've always been a huge fan of. Uh, yeah, he I scored think, that nasty goal where he picked the puck up a couple years ago. And I think, in World yeah, exactly. I think you could say, like, to this point, he's really been, he's drastically underperformed, like, where he was drafted. I, I think, like, especially, like, from a Minnesota fan perspective, I think they've expected a lot more out of him. Um, I don't, as of right now, I don't know how serious the Koivu injury is. Yeah, but that's Granlin, what it is. Keep an eye. But even if he, even if, um, Koi was not out for a long time. Granlin's still a good pickup. I was I picked him up in one of my leagues yesterday because um, I've watched a couple Minnesota games recently, and that Charlie Coyle and Nino Niederreiter, Niederreiter sorry, look great. Like that that's a dangerous team. That top six is is really good. So even if Koi doesn't miss a lot of time, Granlin's still a solid pickup. He's got to be one of the better play, young playmakers in the NHL right now. So um, definitely worth a look, especially if uh, if Koi was out. But my waiver wire pickups, another pretty good playmaker out in Boston, uh, Ryan Spooner. They lost David Krejci for a while. I think it's six weeks or something like that. And Spooner stepped right into the top six, and he's looked really good. He's got points in all three games since Krejci's uh, been injured. Four assists in three games. Uh, he's a former second over, or sorry, second round pick, not second overall. Yeah, how, how'd they get that pick yeah. too, Brock? I don't even know. Oh, it was uh, the Phil Kessel chain. Was it really? He's, he's the final piece of the Phil Kessel chain. Come on, I didn't even know <laughs> yeah. that. That's him, all. Dougie Hamilton, and uh, Tyler Sagan. That's what I didn't even know. It was Whatever. <laughs> you can't even say that though. Those are draft picks. Like they either turn out or they don't. Besides, Boston doesn't have Sagan, so it doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, they blew it on that one. That was the perspective of a bitter Leafs fan. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, I just had to mention that because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I didn't that, even like, know the that. Final piece of that trade is just really working out now too. Yeah. Well, and you know what? He, as long as Krejci's out, I mean, Marshawn comes back. He misses one more game. He comes back, which will slide. Louis Erickson back down to the second line. So it'll be Bleski on one wing, Erickson on the other wing. Two pretty good veteran players. Uh, Spooner is, again, he's got uh, eight goals, 18 assists in 38 games this year. He's only 21% owned. While Krejci's out, I, I tweeted it out like as soon as Krejci got injured, you should pick Spooner up because he was hot at the time too. So um, especially if you're somebody who owned Krejci looking for a center, Spooner's your guy. But anyways, boys, let's head to the break. We'll fire it over to our Blue Stones. Uh, we Stones. Missed you guys. I, yeah, we, People haven't heard from them in a while, so we'll, we'll uh, kick back with the injury report after that, and then we'll give you yeah. guys... Remember last year when Mark Stone just tore it up in the second half? I think I, remember. I think you guys remember that. Well, I remember. We're going to talk about who we think is going to tear it up in the second half this year, and then, of course, we'll get to your Twitter questions. So anyways, without any further ado, here are the Blue Stones. Keep Mark rolling with Stone those New Year Blue punches. Stone. Been a long time, been a long time, to the dirt now, back on my crowd. I took a trip. special new year's edition i'm your co-host dylan berthium you're currently experiencing everyone's favorite time of the show when i throw it over to brock with the injury report take it away brock <laughs> thanks D, <laughs> currently I've been waiting. experiencing 
I've been waiting weeks for that. But uh, anyways, I think I got That's a couple. Part, right? Yeah, about seven, seven or eight guys here. So first off, we're gonna start with Yuri Hudler. Uh, he he will be kept off of the ice for at least one week because of a lower body injury. So, um, I'd say he'll probably miss a couple weeks if he's kept off the ice for one. He'll probably take another one to get back. So. Uh, Yaroslav Halak, he was activated from IR, and he should start... They haven't announced who's going to start on Thursday, but it'll either be Halak or Grice, and then I'd say whichever one doesn't start will probably start on Saturday. So look for Halak to be back in the Islanders' crease on Thursday or Saturday. Um, Eric Johnson will be out short-term. They announced roughly 5 to 12 days, so it could be one game, could be two, could be four, who knows. But yeah, 5 to 12 days, kind of a weird timetable, but... Yeah, uh, John Carlson, lower body injury, has missed the last five games, but they're expecting him to be back in the lineup on Thursday, so kind of just monitor his status uh, during the morning skate. Um, Jeff Carter, he took part in line rushes on Wednesday, which is a good sign that he'll be back in the lineup on Thursday. He's missed the last couple games with an upper body injury. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky was on the on like the verge of returning. They activated him from IR and everything. He took part in like yeah, one Enough for practice. everyone to drop drop one person on their team <laughs> yeah seriously everybody's like oh and then Bobrovsky took part in like one practice after being activated re-aggravated his groin injuries man, back on back IR off the case classic goalie yeah stuff. and then well man groins are so tough eh like I don't know why they ever even I'd be keeping them out forever but then uh the worst part for the Blue Jackets is right after that like that day they had a game so Curtis McElhinney ended up starting the game suffered God, a serious ankle injury too. And uh, so they had to recall that Eunice Corpusalo guys. Now they're goaltending. They're 30th place in the NHL, and their goaltenders are Eunice Corpusalo and Anton Forsberg. So he had a six save win, I think, the other night. That's what it was. Yeah, he played. Yeah, he played pretty well, but still, that's uh, total six saves. And you can't you can't say that. Uh, I don't think that. Mr. Tortorella is very happy with that goaltending situation right now. But lastly, I'll wrap it up with my, what was it, 11th round pick, Carey Price. As five weeks into a six-week timetable, they say he's progressing well, um, he's but he's, he's still not ready to jump on the ice. Yeah, he's just big chilling. Yeah, right he is. But they need him back in a in bad, a bad way. So uh, expect Carey Price to jump back on the ice maybe in the next week or so. Again, he's five weeks into a six-week timetable. Next Monday, will I feel um, like when Price is injured, the Habs are just injured. Yeah, you know? yeah. I did not expect them to blow the Bruins out in that in that uh, Winter Classic. Not after how bad then, they've been playing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes hockey just happens, man. Yeah, and then I didn't really like. I think I think everybody basically kind of underestimated how like big of a role Marshawn actually plays for for the Bruins. Like I think that'd be a different game if Marshawn's in the lineup there. Not like saying he's like the best player I agree, ever. Though, but they needed him. I think I think they really missed him, especially in a game like that. Like because like I was I know I was filling out my DraftKings lineup, and when it comes to Winter Classics, like I picked like Dale Weiss and he scored a goal. Like it's those dusters always get the job done in the in the Winter Classic. <laughs> yeah, because no, it, there's no finesse. Because if you try, the puck gets like caught on stuff and all that. Because the yeah, ice is just so snow. shitty. So they said that was like the best Winter Classic ice yet, though. So I don't know. I guess that was maybe <laughs> that played a lot better than the LA one. <laughs> yeah, maybe that played in the Canadians' favor because like they're a real speedy team, but probably comparable to your neighborhood community rink. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, boys, let's take a look at who the 2016 Mark Stone's going to be. Um, we're going to each list a player who we think that is going to have a huge second half um, comparable to Mark Stone last year. And then we're also going to mention a player who we think is going to slow down. Had a big first half, might, you know, slow it down, you know, pull an anti-Mark Stone. So, uh, Biebs, we'll start with you. Who's on your radar for a big second half here? As, can we call it like a Thomas Vanek? Is that instead of an anti-Mark Stone? 
All I remember I is like a couple years ago, he put up like 40 points in 20 games and then just like ended the year with like 60. So just okay, sound, it sounds a little better. Um, but my person is, uh, I already kind of talked to him, but talked about him, but uh, talk to him. Talk to him. <laughs> Called him up. I wish I talked to him. Hold on. Did you guys watch the 24-7 show at all? Like uh, the Road to the Winter Classic or whatever? Not like the first no, two, but at least weren't in it. So. Oh, man. It's so funny. I guess like uh, Brendan Gallagher is like a huge Bengals fan. So uh, the one day, like Andy Dalton just called up Gallagher because they both both had like broken hands. and They were talking to him. I guess he was fanboying hard, and like for like the rest of the show, everybody just chirped Gallagher. Like, oh, what's Gally doing? Oh, he's probably talking to Andy Dalton. <laughs> it's so funny. So that's just sorry, beeps. I remind. Oh, I just talked to him. He's calling up your uh, your second half stud. But anyways, <laughs> call get up. back to your second half call stud. Him up. You're my guy. No, you better um, tear it up. But uh. I'm, I'm going to do a better job at pronouncing his name than uh, the people who drafted him originally, but it's uh, Claude Giroux. Do you remember <laughs> that one when he got drafted? Uh, yeah, Claude. No uh, Giroux. Giroux. <laughs> Space Cadet. But, um, Littery name. Yeah, uh, Claude Giroux is someone who's kind of, uh, over the last couple of years, he's been known to uh, turn it on in the second half, him and his Philadelphia friends. Um, and uh, what I noticed about him is his shooting percentage is right where it's at for his normal uh, steady years that he's had the last couple of years. He's put up 25 and 28 goals in his last two with uh, with uh, a 12% shooting around there, and that's what he has this year. So I could see that his goals staying there, but what what's really showing is his assists. Um, and I think that's part of Jakub Voracek just not doing it this year for him, not really being his... Uh, his his friend or his guy on the on the side there, and um, I think he's another player who's going to turn it around too in the second half. So I think when they get going, they'll get going together. And Claude's going to, uh, um, if he already has these steady goal goal numbers, I think he's going to turn his assists around and he's going to uh, steady out his points. So I definitely uh, he's my guy to uh, pull a Mark Stone, Claude Giroux. <laughs> Yeah, Voracek's actually already picked it up, too. I've uh, been taking him on DraftKings a little bit lately. I think he's got three goals and seven assists in his last nine games. So, I mean, a point-per-game production recently from Voracek. So, um, I don't love the Flyers this year, but they've actually looked a little bit better recently. So, um, if if anybody's going to really have a big second half on that team, Claude Giroux is the guy. I think you might have just called Voracek his side chick, though, or something. (laughs) Did I hear that? Me? Yeah. Uh, no, I said a it's, side it's guy a side, side guy or a side oh, friend. So it's, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. He's Canadian. Anyways, <laughs> Anyways uh, side D, chick. Who, <laughs> D, who's your Mark Stone 2016? Uh, well, you know, he's not exactly coming out of the woodwork like Mark Stone did. But I'm going to touch on Sidney Crosby real quick. Oh, who, the, who's that guy? The curious case of Sidney Crosby. Uh, so I started this just by breaking down what we know. Because who really knows what's going on with Sid right now? Uh, he's sitting at a negative course relative for the first time in his career, which means his team's playing better with him off the ice. Not necessarily, but getting more, have gotten more shooting percentage, shooting chance. Shoot. <laughs> first first time to this point. Get Sorry through it. <laughs> you got it. Um, but the thing about that is Corsi and, and possession numbers in general have definitely been known to fluctuate in small sample sizes, which is what we have with about 40 games, obviously. Uh, the biggest thing for him this year has been straight up he's not produced at even strength. Coming into this season, he averaged 0.71 points per game at 5-on-5, five five, which is incredible. Right now he's at 0.45, so you can see how that's really affected his point total so far. Uh, the most obvious contributor to this is his 7.9 shooting percentage at even strength. His career, he's been around 13.5. Uh, so what I'm trying to say, I guess, is I don't see any real merit to his drop-off quite yet. Uh, I'm sure you could definitely say he's quite not in his prime anymore, but I think he's definitely still 
has the potential to be one of the three, four most productive skaters in the league. He's got nine points in his last six games, and now he's playing with more familiar teammates, like we said, Kunitz and Perone. Kind of more of the type chicks. of guys he's used to playing with over the years. The side chicks he's used to repping. So I'm going to go with Sid. I, it's probably an easy pick to some degree, but I would definitely expect him. I would not be surprised if he hits a point a game, at least in the second half. Yeah, uh, might be taking the easy way out. But hey, uh, somebody had to address it because really it's been kind of ridiculous. I know I kind of talked about it earlier. I took him third round. You wouldn't really expect anything like that. But I'm glad you said he should be the top five player in the second half because that <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better because I got him like, yeah, third round. So that's good. But my guy, he might come out a little bit uh, more random, I guess, than Sidney Crosby. But I think the Florida Panthers have been in, you know, the limelight right now, like that they're not used to at all. They've rattled off 10 wins in a row and it's been pretty impressive. Every single um, day you just hear, how is Florida in a playoff spot? <laughs> yeah, I love them. I mean, I actually had, I picked them to make the playoffs at the start of the year and I, I was going to put There's Alexander Barkov in here um, originally, but he's a little more well-known. I think it's pretty obvious that Alexander Barkov's, uh, you know, a real, real good hockey yeah. player now. So Very I decided fantasy relevant. Yeah, I decided to go with his, his line mate there, Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, Huberdeau's got one goal and eight assists in his last eight games, so he's already starting that toward pace that he's going to carry on through the rest of the season. Um, <laughs> he only had 18 points in his first 32 games, so this is really impressive. I think he was what the former third overall pick, um, yep. and he won he won the Calder Trophy that year. He's a he's a gifted playmaker. I saw somebody tweet the other day like, is there anybody who's a better passer in the NHL right now than Huberto, uh, I'm not going to touch that. There might be, but definitely. he's definitely up there. Definitely but is, like, but... But, like, right now, he's he's playing with, obviously, an up-and-coming superstar like Barkov and, obviously, a future Hall of Famer in Yarmer Yager. And if you look... Stars. Brent if Burns you look, yeah, is a better if you look at If you look at Huberto's numbers from last year, too, he had 37 points um, in the final, like, 30 or 42 games or something last year. So, right around this time last year... January, February, March, he started getting real hot. So I expect something like that to happen again. I mean, he was a near point per game player at this time last year, so I don't see why uh, he can't keep up his recent toward pace and last year's second half production. So uh, Jonathan Huberdeau of the 10 straight win Florida Panthers is my guy for a big second half. But D, we'll go right back to you. Who is your guy that's going to slope down in the second half? Uh, I picked again one of the more obvious ones, I think. Kyle Palmieri of the New Jersey Devils. I think we uh, talked so about that guy so many times on this yeah. show. Yeah. Way more than we should. For good and bad reasons, obviously. I, I think the good is obviously his heavy usage and what he's getting out in New Jersey. The bad I'm about to cover right now. Uh, he's at a lower possession than actually what he was at last season in Anaheim. Uh, 47.9, which is closer to his career average. Uh, he has a PDO of 103 so far this year, which is probably more due to Corey Schneider being Corey Schneider than anything else. Uh, I think his biggest inflators to his goal totals so far have been his 15-and-a-half uh, shooting percentage at even strength, which is far above his career average. <laughs> and he's also tacked on six power play goals. Both are red flags to a degree. I don't see either being really sustainable. So if you can get value for him in uh, you know on the trade market while you can, I would say definitely jump at any possibility that really comes your way because I don't see his value going up too much. Uh, that being said, with his heavy usage, like I said, he could still he could still hit a, you know like a respectable twenty five goals, but I would be surprised if he hits thirty, even with the nice head start he's got. Like I think we touched on it before too. The, the power play goals is is definitely alarming, just because I mean he went from Anaheim where he was taking a backseat to everybody there, and now he's kind of he's the shooter on that power play. So it's that's yeah. the one thing that he's got in his favor. But again, it's, he does it's, have a nice shot. I'll give it. Yeah, to he, his career 
His career shooting percentage is a little high, but it's, I, I you know, 15.5. I just don't think that's. Yeah, I mean, legitimate. I think you hit the nail on the head there. If, if anybody's willing to trade for Kyle Paul, Mary, <laughs> bye. Yeah, maybe yeah. like package him exactly. in like a nice two for one or something. Mm-hmm. And if he starts to tail off, I would really pay attention to the waiver wire. But yeah. For the time being, like I said, he's not really hurting you at the bottom of your roster. But if someone's willing to give up someone with a little more promise and a little bit higher of a ceiling, I would move that, pull that trigger quick. Beebs, how about you, buddy? Um, as mentioned, I, I have this uh, same guy on my team as well. Um, he's one of my, he's like my, the, I think my tenth round draft pick or my no my eleventh round draft pick in our draft. Uh, it's Justin Falk. Again, the guy's just way too out of his mind right now with his numbers. Through the first 40 games, he has 14 goals. We mentioned a couple weeks ago that 12 of those were on the power play. Well, he still only has 12 on the power play. Not only. I mean, it's a record in Carolina. Um, it's amazing. But um, like we talked about, that was that was going to start to regress those numbers. He started to um, pick up a couple more assists lately, but um, I just don't see him. Uh, he, right now he's on pace to get 62 points. And um, he's shooting 12% or 12% this year, and he's in a career average 6.5% shooter. So uh, you got to see that regress as well. I just don't see him uh, putting up the 60, maybe in the 50-ish range. He's still a great D-man to have, and someone that uh, that if, if if you're struggling for a D-man, um, then definitely hold on to him. But um, if you can sell him high, then uh, then maybe let go of Justin Falk. I'm thinking because I don't see it continuing, and I think right now he's a really nice name to have with those 14 goals. Yeah, I think you could trade him for like another defenseman just on a better team. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's it too. Is uh, his plus minus, which um is is a category that can affect a week quite a bit for some people. He's a minus thirteen, and that can really hurt. So, which obviously has a lot more to do with Carolina, yeah. but nonetheless, it's no, still yeah, it's all to do with Carolina, yeah. and it is consistent, like uh, at least on a year, like a seasonly basis, because it's very just reflective of how your team is doing in general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like not all of a sudden he's going to finish the season plus five or anything like that, that not without that Carolina minus yeah. not no yeah and that's not gonna happen that's not probably not <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen but uh my guy that's gonna slow down is tyler Toffoli. now before i f- have anybody who has tyler Toffoli freak out i just want to basically touch on what he's been doing lately more than anything else because his his recent numbers have been outrageous and it's really inflated his season totals he's eight goals in his last 10 games over that span he's shooting at 27 percent which is obviously insane. So yeah, eight goals in his last 10 games. Before that, he only had 11 in his first 29. So like on the year, he's on pace for 40. But I I, I don't view this guy as finishing the year as a 40-goal type guy. More mm-hmm. like the 25 to 30 that he was on pace for at the start of the year. So he's going to cool down. So this is a good time to deal somebody like Tafoli. He's been red hot. Um, it's worth mentioning. Again, you, you, you said it about Corey Schneider. Um, his PDO is 105, so I think that has a lot more to do with Jonathan Quick. Um, yeah, he's had a like a, the, like j- j- just like Paul yeah, exactly, just like like Palmieri, but that's the third highest in the NHL right now. So I mean, the numbers speak to some regression. Um, the yes. reason that I really went with Toffoli is because the league leader in PDO is. Dylan Larkin, and I was not about to drop his name on here and say he's going to regress because if that happens, again, the Wings are in trouble. So hopefully he keeps going. Um, but to fully, to fully, <laughs> why not do it on that? Yeah, one. I, you got it sometimes. But at least I mentioned it, so now people know. Uh, but again, eight goals in his last ten, shooting at twenty-seven percent. That's not going to continue um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so that's it for guys that are going to slow down. And this is usually the part of the show where we answer your Twitter questions. Um, and we did do that when we originally recorded. Uh, but last night's recent events kind of 
changed everything for us. The questions became uh, irrelevant, basically. Um, one of the questions was from Steven Seuss, uh, and it was in regards to Ryan Johansson, who I'm sure you guys have heard um, the Blue Jackets traded Ryan Johansson to the Predators last night for defenseman Seth Jones. Um, I'm just going to break it down for you a little bit. The Predators had a wealth of blue line options when you look at guys like Shea Weber, Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm. So, I mean, they could kind of get rid of Jones. Like, they had the ability to. Um, I'm sure they didn't want to. He has the makings of a future franchise defenseman. Um, but they really needed help up front. And as much as Jones looks like a franchise defenseman, um, Ryan Johansson sure looks like a franchise number one center. Uh, Johansson kind of fell into towards his doghouse as soon as uh, John Tortorella was hired. Um, so this trade obviously helps Johansson's um, fantasy value. I mean, he won't be playing with the likes of Gregory Campbell or uh, uh, stuck on the fourth line anymore. Uh, I see him probably playing with James Neal on his right wing. Uh, I'm not sure who will play on the left side. Uh, right now I have on the website Colin Wilson, but uh, we'll get further information when they practice either today or tomorrow uh, when they have a morning skate. Johansson's a guy who had 33 goals two seasons ago and 71 points last year. So that just speaks to how good this kid can be. And uh, he should have a good, uh, good, good year. Good, he should, Sorry, excuse me. He should finish the year out well. Um, in Nashville. As for Jones, he becomes a franchise cornerstone on the back end for the Blue Jackets, uh, who already have guys like Ryan Murray and Jack Johnson and David Savard. So they got a nice looking blue line for the future. Um, it should help his value as well. He could find himself on the top power play in Columbus instead of being uh, buried on the second unit because there was no way he was going to supplant Shea Weber or Roman Yossi. Um, another trade that happened last night, the Kings acquired Vincent LeCavalier and Luke Shen from the Flyers for Jordan Wheel and a 2016 third-round pick. Um, at this time, none of these guys are really fancy relevant. LeCavalier is obviously in the twilight of his career. Uh, he should land himself a bottom six role, which is more than uh, he could say about his time in Philadelphia there this year. He's only appeared in seven games. He's been banged up a little bit here and there, uh, but mostly he's been a healthy scratch. Um, the Flyers also kind of like the Predators, not to the same degree, but they have a nice uh, young blue line as well for the most part, um, as long as you don't really look at Mark Streit. Their blue line's fairly young. Guys like Medvedev uh, and the emergence of Gosses Bear really made uh, Shen expendable. Um, the big thing for the Flyers is they cleared a ton of cap space, um, getting rid of the Cavaliers contract, which I, as far as I know, they retained 50% of the salary, but that still clears quite a bit of space. According to our friends at NHL numbers, they have $5.29 million in cap space. So I would expect the Flyers to make a move, uh, as we get near the deadline and, you know, look to bolster that roster as they make a playoff push. And as far as it come, as Jordan Wheel is concerned, he has not recorded a point in uh, in 10 games with the Kings this season, but he had a huge year in the AHL last year. He's going to be a nice prospect for the Flyers who could uh, find his way into their active roster. And lastly, we'll wrap it up with uh, the Capitals signed Mike Richards to a one-year, $1 million deal. Um, that deal is prorated, though, so since he signed it in the middle of the season, uh, he's only expected to make about $500,000. Uh, Mike Richards obviously has not played since... April 9th of 2015, uh, after his contract was terminated by the Kings following a charge um, after he tried to bring a controlled substance into Canada. Uh, Richards is now 30 years old. He won a cup with the Kings in 2012. He should bring some skill uh, and a little you know, veteran savvy to that. Capitals bottom six. Capitals obviously look like they're a contender this year. Um, so maybe getting a little bit of championship pedigree in that lineup 
his uh, what you know what they needed. They've already got the likes of Justin Williams, who was also on that 2012 Cup team. Um, as far as I know, I heard they talked to Justin Williams just about Richards and his character. Obviously, they felt like uh, he'd be a good addition, and obviously, pretty cheap as well. Um, and then our other Twitter question that we got yesterday was about Frederick Anderson and would they trade him. Um, I think the majority of us said that he wouldn't just because it would be nice to have a, a tandem of Frederick Anderson and John Gibson. Uh, Gibson's obviously supplanted uh, Anderson at this time as the number one goalie, but as of Wednesday night, he left the game with a lower body injury. He's currently listed as day-to-day. Uh, no further information was released. But if he obviously misses any uh, period of time due to that injury, look for Frederick Anderson to start. Um, that is all for the Daily Faceoff podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Again, uh, make sure you listen to us and subscribe on both SoundCloud and iTunes. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at DFO Podcast, where you can find myself at Brock Segan, Brock underscore Segan, and as well as my two co-hosts, Biebs Bondi and Dylan D. Berthume. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for you. Make sure as well to check out the Blue Stones on Spotify and YouTube, and make sure to join the Daily Faceoff exclusive uh, DraftKings contest every Saturday. We will be tweeting those links out on Friday evening. So hope you guys enjoy. Uh, if you really like it, again subscribe. If you really like, really really like it, tell your friends. Who hopefully will tell your friends' friends. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. So good luck in fantasy hockey this week, folks. And from now on, keep an eye out. We'll be releasing these episodes on Thursday morning rather than Friday morning. Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 